Hold on, I'm not ready. I had it and I lost it. You are unbelievable. <laughs> I'm keeping this, by the way. Okay. Man, you got a real feel. Get. <laughs> oh, it's Monday. I. Is this what it feels like to be Jay Gottinger? You try so hard, and then your teammates let you down. Yeah, something like that. Welcome to the Grit for 60 podcast. Who's your goalie edition? My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC, and I am joined from Utah. Hey, everybody. It's Brendan. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good, because my goalie isn't Tristan Jari. Well, your goalie is also golfing, so. It's not his fault. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) He is the one person we cannot blame for this. Until next year, because goaltending, when he is. Okay, yes. So So we're we're through round one. Was that five game sevens? Yeah, five game sevens in two days. And the great thing about living in the mountain time zone is that there's really no such thing as, well, I can't stay up for this. Though I will say last night when it was like 1130 in overtime, or it was probably close. It was like 11 in overtime. And I'm like, well, Jake Andre is never going to give up a goal again in his life. And this thing is at least going to double overtime. That's when I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe there is such a thing. But also, Jake Ottinger was this close to making me look like an absolute genius. Yes. But like, dear NHL, please never do a game seven that late. Oh, please. It was a Sunday too. So you could have easily done like an afternoon game and then a 730 game. Yeah, like I know that they wanted to put Penguins Rangers in prime time, but prime time, yeah. But it it was just too late for me. Nine thirty start time. I can stay up for some of it, but not all of it. Yeah, you could only stay up for like forty of Jake Ottinger saves last night instead of yeah sixty or whatever he ended up with. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, unlike. Uh, the stars were on to round two, so round round two. Fight. Fight. Yes. Uh, so what we're gonna do is so much similar to what we did in the first round. Um, if you listen to our last episode, and we're going to roll through each series. Uh, this time because there's only four of them, uh, we could talk a little more in depth. We'll recap a little bit of the first round as well. But we can try. We'll try. Uh, we're going to put 10 minutes on the clock and we're going to talk about as much hockey as possible within those 10 minutes, uh, because I don't think anybody really wants to listen to us blabber on for like an hour and a half. So, um, already see which one do you want to start with? Um, well, we started in the East last time, so we should start in the West, I think. All righty. Uh um, start with we'll start with an easy one. Sure. Uh Avs Blues. All right. Ten minutes, rough. Um so I, I got Avs in five. Yeah, I would I'm also gonna put Avs in five. It would not moving on <laughs> fastest 10 minutes ever. But it would not surprise me at all if 
this series turned out very much like the Nashville mm-hmm. one where it's just going to be over. So here's the thing is that St. Louis is an even worse team at 515 than Nashville is. That's surprising. Right. And, and, and Colorado just kind of steamrolled Nashville. So, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is kind of in the New York Rangers zone of like bad five on five team that probably got more than just a little lucky um, in the sense of the blues were not that great against the wild. And yet, because they're playing the wild and, you know, the wild did Minnesota sports things and lost. Right. I just don't see them being able to do that again against Colorado. Your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I mean, we just saw the case study of sometimes it just doesn't matter. Uh, if your team is that good five on five, if the other team's goalie is also really good. Um, that said, I don't know if I trust Jordan Bennington or Billy Huso to, uh, to, to pull a Shesterkin or even as close to a Jay Gottinger as they can. Right. Like that would be the, the, the difference. I don't really see an advantage that the blues have over the avalanche or anything that they can leverage. Um, I mean, maybe they can, maybe they, maybe their shooters get hot. Cause I mean, I don't know. Cause it's not like they've got, I guess the flip side of that coin is it's not like the avalanche goaltending is um, also Shesterkin or also Vasilevsky. Right. Um, but the, the, the chances of uh, the, the chances the blues are going to be looked to create, or at least from what we've seen, probably not enough to overwhelm a goalie. Yeah. So just for kicks and giggles, I was looking through uh, Dom at the athletics um, Twitter account to see if he had posted his uh, like series preview yet. He has the avalanche at a, an 85% chance of winning which at this point in the playoffs is just stupid. Um, yeah. I mean, that's uh, even in the first round, if that's one versus eight, that's still like. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. With as much parody as there is in the NHL, like for that to happen, even in the first round is pretty wild, but you know, for that to be like that, like one or for it to be that slanted, in the second round is, is nuts. Um, I mean, sure. Like, Sorry. Is it, is it possible that like Braden Shen or Buchnevich goes on like a shooting bender while Frenzo or Kemper just like have a couple off nights? Sure. It's possible. I'm not going to bet on it though. Yeah. I mean, like it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Like anything is, technically possible um but yeah i the west is really weak this year and uh i think things got a lot easier for colorado that st louis mm-hmm. advanced and, and again there's always the possibility of this aging like milk right Can but, you imagine how easy it would have been if for colorado if because the, the stars almost beat 
the Flames. And the Kings very nearly beat the Oilers. So the, the Avalanche could have gone from the Predators, who are bad at five on five, to the Blues, who are bad at five on five, to one of the Kings or the Stars, who neither team is really that electric. Well, the Kings were okay in the, in the playoffs, in their playoff series, five on five, you know. But it's like, versus like, in the East, you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the better five on t- five teams in the league, just got beat by the two-time defending champion, who now also has to play the uh, President's Trophy winner. Like the difference is there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it would not surprise me if one of the differences, like when we get to like the Stanley Cup final or whatever, is that the Western Colorado's team fresh. just kind of. I mean, if it's Colorado, yeah. I was going to say Colorado can probably um, sleep through a couple of rounds, but uh, Colorado is sorry, but Calgary definitely cannot. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Like if Colorado, you know, they just won in four, right. If they win in five this round and the there, there, that's already like a huge step ahead that they're not getting. um, That's like, and let's say uh, the, for the sake of argument, the Panthers come out of the next round. Well, they just went to seven games. They could very easily go to seven games against the Lightning. And then this is taking a lot of making a lot of presumptions, but let's let's say they played the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference final. That could easily go six or seven games, right? Even just the first two rounds, that's, you know, 14 games played compared to nine games played. And then you've, like the Stanley Cup, you want to claim that the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy in sports to win. That's part of it is the slog through the playoffs, right? That's five less games you have to play. That's five less games that are draining injuries and exhaustion. Yeah, that and uh, the Blues are pretty beat up. <laughs> so that also doesn't help. And uh, yeah, and also like to your point, a big part of it is also just having things go your way and you know sometimes you can put the best roster out there in the avalanche's case and sometimes things just don't go your way you know like in 2020 they had a bunch of injuries you know and i think they were down to like their backup or third string goalie by that point like sometimes stuff happens um but here's the thing is that jordan bennington and in three games had a goal save above expected of 3.64. Pretty good. Which is, yeah, which is according to Evolving Hockey. And that's fourth among playoff goalies. And uh, third among mere mortals. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that. That was my own joke. Why did I laugh? <laughs> right? So. Well, with the, you're non- mortal you're immortal and that is out of the playoffs yes um actually i don't know if this has been uh refreshed it still has ottinger with six games so that's fine oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i mean that doesn't change that doesn't change the that doesn't change the bennington number but um yeah anyway i, I wanted to throw that out there so i mean they do have yeah, like so- that going for them but Darcy Kemper is all supposed to be back. It sounds like so. We'll see. But is it is it a full strength Darcy Kemper? 
I mean, it was just an eye. How injury. much is he playing through? I mean, the reason why he couldn't play was that his eye was like too swollen. So okay, with the well, swelling down, I think I think I'll be enough. fine. It's not like a lower body injury where you're like messing with it. It's not yeah. It, yeah, his eye injury isn't messing with his flexibility. Though I would argue yeah. that probably being able to see the puck is more important. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. But as long um, as you can see, it's, it's yeah. But I mean, it's if it's an eye injury, I don't know how weak <laughs> if that makes sense. Like how much of your vision can be below a hundred percent for them to like say that you're healthy enough to play. That's fair. Right. A lot of times it's like injured or it's not. So on another note, um, and we'll talk about something similar later, but what bothers me is that a team like the blues, who is literally one of the worst five on five teams, not just remaining in the playoffs, like in the playoffs in general, they're one of the worst five on five teams by expected goal score percentage. Last three games of the series against Minnesota, they were the worst, or the, they were the worst team by expected goals at five on five. They were at thirty-seven point seven percent in game four, forty-five point seven in game five, forty-eight point six seven in game six. They won all three of those games. That bothers me so much. I hate it. <laughs> well, and this is, goes back to our point. Like they, uh, their path. To victory in this series is insane shooting percentages, which is how they got through their last series, right? Just how they got insane through the regular season. Yeah, insane shooting percentages and uh, good goaltending, right? Better goaltending than your opponent. And if Blues fans, listen, Blues fans, if you're listening, like, I, I don't mean to count you guys out already, but that's not the most reliable way to win hockey games is all we're saying. Or at least that's all I'm saying. Cool. Uh, that's 10 minutes, by the way. Cool. Um, so I believe we're both going abs and five. Yes. Abs and five. Cool. Uh, let's do the other Western one. Um, so we talked a lot about goaltending, right? Yes. And I want to throw this out there. I'm looking at Money Puck right now. And I refuse to believe this. But mm-hmm. at all situations, according to Money Puck's goals saved above expected statistic, the top three goalies were Mike Smith at number one at 10.4, Jake Ottinger at number two at 10.1, and then Jacob Markstrom at 4.8. I don't know how both of these teams decided to have good goaltending at the same time, but I want to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm trusting Money Puck's model at this point. I mean, Mike, we all named on Mike Smith after game one, but he was really yeah. good in that series after that. Um, the non-updated um, evolving hockey numbers have Ottinger at one, Smith at two, and then uh, hmm. Markstrom a good bit behind them. Really? Three. <laughs> so that could be fun. So they have seven games for Mike Smith. I'll throw that out there. Okay. Hmm. Well, because I was thinking like Jesterkin has to be up there. Vasilevsky probably has to be up there. And they're not. Uh, Vasi was not that great. And um, you got to remember, these are goals saved above expected. Hmm. And uh, someone like Vasilevsky had a decent like 
defense in front of him. Hmm. But uh, okay, yeah. Right. So I mean, he was fine. He just wasn't like spectacular, right? Hmm. Okay. But getting back to this series, I this is just sounds like such a fun series. I mean, McDavid and Drysidle on the ice in the second round for the first time since what 2017. Um yeah, way to hurt my feelings. Thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm sorry. You make me feel real great. And then you've like the Leafs have so many forwards. And Mike Smith, like this. I don't know what points to make about this series. I'm just excited. Do you know that the um, last two Oilers series wins were both against uh, teams from California? You know, I hadn't thought of it like that, but I knew the last one was the Sharks. And their last time in the second round, their last two trips to the second round, or sorry, last three trips to the second round are also against California teams. So that's fun. Well, okay, not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I don't know why I counted this year. So what do you think? Okay, so the Oilers' advantage is probably like McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? Yeah, it, it's it's a, to me, it's a, a series about star power versus depth. Mm-hmm. And usually, I think that depth wins these kind of series. This is such a Daryl Sutter series. Like the Flames are such a Daryl Sutter team, but this has got like Daryl Sutter, like, you know, energy of like, let's suck all the energy out of this series and just roll four lines Mm. and get out. Right. Like complete with a, you know, a couple of like Jacob Markstrom masterclasses or something like I don't know. I could be wrong, but this feels like such, this feels like it's right up there. All Sutter's alley. Right. So if we think, you know, the, the flint, so the goaltending is probably pretty close to a push, right? Uh, just the, given the way those two goalies have played recently. Um, and then you talk about like star power versus forward depth, right? I'm still, I think I'm leaning towards the flames. Uh, just because like they have depth, but they also have like Goudreau and Lindholm, like they have star power on their team. Oh yeah. I mean like the Goudreau McDavid matchups could be fun. Oh, that's right. But yeah, the thing is, is that like after the first couple of lines, yeah, the Oilers are are toast. Um, On the other hand, the flames have, depth throughout the lineup right like it's kind of like a microcosm like let's cost the oilers in the mcdavid era right mm-hmm. i mean like tyler Toffoli's on the flames third line right you know so it, it's, it's kind yeah. of like that you know plus tyler got, is exactly uh, the guy that you want for a playoff run like this let's see well that, that's the that's the uh that's the thing is I brought up the Daryl Sutter thing. I totally forgot that he has both Tyler Toffoli and Trevor Lewis on this team. Oh, yeah. Like all of my 2013 and 2014 nightmares coming back to roost. <laughs> it's great. I love it. He just needs Dustin Brown. Yeah. 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 Who am I going to boo next year? 
probably probably Evander uh, Kane when he resigns with Edmonton this year. I was gonna say probably still Jonathan Quick. Yeah, yeah. Because also I, I don't know, he just is gonna exist in perpetuity, I guess. The uh, Flames have the uh, perpetually underrated other bread man in Mangiapane. So I don't understand. How is he bread man? Isn't isn't that a isn't that a thing? On Japan. I mean, if it is, then I'm unaware of it. Is it a thing? Andrew Mangiapane gets his nickname Breadman from his last name, which translated from Italian literally means eat bread. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, and what we're talking about, like playoff hockey men, right? There's Tyler Toffoli and Trevor Lewis, right? But they also have Blake Coleman, who's like quintessential playoff hockey man. Yeah, no, if you're looking for a team that's like built for the playoffs, like, yeah, it's the Flames. We can, we can maybe throw Milan Lucic in there as well. Here's the, uh, here's the fun stat. Um, oh boy. Can this is, it's, through six games from Dallas and Calgary, unfortunately. Um, but at 5 on 5, uh, the Flames and the Stars both shot below 5% heading into game seven, mm. which is just stupidly low. Yeah. But that's what happens when you have two good goaltenders facing off. Sorry, I can't stop bringing up Jake Ottinger. As is right and just. Yeah, natural statric has Calgary at 4.65 at 5.5, which after scoring three goals on a million shots last night, yeah, that's what will happen to your shooting percentage. This is uh, a little bit of a tangent, but uh, Jay Gottinger for Conn Smythe win. Yeah, exactly. If someone could ever win the uh, Conn Smythe in the first round, it would, it would be that. So what are the odds on Evander Kane and um, Matthew Kachuk getting in a fight? Oh, like 90%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least, there's going to be a lot of post-whistle shenanigans. Like if one of them ever takes a dig at a goalie after he's covered the puck. Maybe, maybe Zach is, Cassian. The, the gloves are off at that point. Um, but... Also, did you see McDavid after he scored that second goal in game seven? Like just his face. That is a, like, if you ever wanted to see like weight ever get lifted off someone's shoulders in real time, like just watch that clip back. Like the moment where he realizes that like his team's not going to like finally choke in the first round and they're going to keep going. And then he's the one who did it. Like his face just lights up and it was super cool. Oh, so I guess the other thing about that, uh, what this series means uh, is I kind of have to retire the bit about not picking any Canadian teams. Uh, that's not necessarily retired. So you just have to put it on hold. But now they've proven that they can win a playoff series. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if neither of them reaches the Stanley Cup final or whatever. I mean, Montreal went to the final last year. Yeah. Right, like yeah, but then the next year they were awful, so that reinforced my opinion. 
Ooh, okay, that's 10 minutes. So prediction. I feel like only half that was about the series. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, Flames in six. I was also going to take the flames in six. You're not allowed to have the same prediction I am. Fine. Flames in seven. No, you can keep flames in six. I'm saying on the next one, we got to get something different. Uh, No promises. All right. Do you want to talk about our bandwagon team or do you want to talk about the other series? Bandwagon. So battle for Florida. Part two. We have the Battle of Alberta and the Battle of Florida. Two rivalries separated by uh like thousands of miles. Both of which involve hockey. It's great. And uh our our bandwagon team, the Florida Panthers, survived the Capitals upset bid. Uh how are you feeling? Man, they scared us for a little bit, didn't they? It, it was a little nervy, but that's that's just how little, the cardiac touch and cats go roll. for a little bit. Cardiac cats. Oh, uh, we're gonna. But I like so did the light. Like I don't know. Like that's the thing about the first round is the first round has sort of lowered my confidence in both the Panthers and the Lightning. I would say like, more so for the Panthers than the Lightning. Yes. Like yeah. You know, we can but the lightning do look tired, don't they? I mean, that's understandable. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I know it's not like the same lightning team. I mean, it's pretty close, but not quite the same lightning team that we've seen the last few years. But man, they look tired. Like part of I think was just the Panthers needed a little bit to get past that first round hump. You know, like, I feel like that's more explainable and more solvable now that they've done it more easily solved. Now, I don't know if there's a solution to the lightning being, uh, fatigued. No, like that's, that's fair. I, I, that's understandable, but, uh, have you been partying? Like it's 1996. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, not, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't alive. <laughs> yeah okay i was zero years old um outside of uh seattle you know the florida panthers are are the last team to finally win a playoff series in my lifetime so like to win their first playoff series in my lifetime that's that's a fun statistic but uh yeah so one of the things that I will throw out there is that like we could do a whole episode on that, like Tampa Toronto series and what it means for the Leafs. Mm-hmm. That series is really as That's tight what the as people it want. gets. Like that series. Oh my gosh. It was super I th- tight. I saw a tweet today that was um, just tracking the number of goals in this series. It was, I think it was t- Toronto 24, Tampa Bay 23. And then the shots were like 123 Toronto to Tampa's 124 or something ridiculous. Like they were literally a shot apart. So the Corsi four percentage was like 50.6 to 49.3 or 50.7 to 49.3 in favor of Toronto. And the expected goals for were 
50.6 to 49.4 in favor of Toronto. Like that's really as close as it gets. Yeah. Like in in reality, like Toronto outscored Tampa 13 to 12 at five on five in that series. Like it's it's like, if you flipped a coin a thousand times, those are the percentages you get. Yeah. Like people want to talk about like Toronto choking. It's not choking. That's just a really good series. And it's, between two really good teams that shouldn't have been playing each other in the first round because of this dumb, dumb playoff format. Gary, run one through eight playoffs, please. Anyway, that's that's my leaf. Mr. Bettman. But yeah, uh, I, don't, I feel like I feel like I'm kind of I know you brought up the fatigue thing. I feel like I'm feeling better about Tampa because of how well mm. both of those teams played in that series. Okay. Well, but there, there were some games that the lightning didn't look like they showed up. Yeah. But you know, the game, end of that series, the last three games or so that was intense. Yeah. But like game six and game seven basically convinced me that Tampa has like plot armor at this point, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, as soon as they took, as soon as Toronto was winning, like heading into the third period of game six, I'm like, yeah. So like Tampa's winning this. Yeah. Like they didn't deserve to win in that overtime at all, but it just kind of happened, right? Um, you know, game seven, Toronto scores, goal gets waved off because of interference, and yep. that's yeah, it. That was that's, it's that interference was, every day mm, of the week. It, like that's but how that's many times is that interference that's not called? Like that's what I think would be frustrating. Is it feels like that call was made on a different standard than it normally is. I don't think so. I've seen them that get called before. And I think they made the call before the pucky went into the back of the net. I think that's going to okay. get called every time. And um, so, yeah, there's that. But it'll be fun, right? Like, this is one of those series where it's like a, it's like a rivalry, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the last week of the college football regular season, right? Like, everything kind of gets thrown out the window as soon as you see what team's up next. Right. Like this could be a one versus eight or whatever. And it's like, there's just so much history between, or not history really, but so much animosity between these two teams that it might not matter who's the better team. Yeah. And this is something that um, maybe we should have talked about with some of the other series, but I almost wonder if the lightning, I still haven't made my pick in my head on this series yet, uh, but I almost wonder if, this is where we really start to see the lightning as the monsters of mentality, which I'm adding monsters of mentality to my list of potential band names. Um, I believe they haven't lost consecutive playoff games since like the, the 2019 sweep. Yeah. And it's something crazy. Like Vasilevsky is like impenetrable in game sevens. Is that, is this the series that breaks that record though? Well, I'm wondering is, you know, you brought up how they're running out of gas. Well, if you're running out of gas a little bit, the last team you want to face is the Florida Panthers. Oh, yeah, they'll run all over you. Right? Like, the last team you want to face is the one that doesn't know what the brakes are. Right? Like The the right foot is always on the accelerator. You know, I enter this conversation being a little bit down on both of these teams. And the more we talk about these teams, the more I'm just like, right, I'm ready to watch this series. You know, are you saying that I'm the hype man for both of these teams right now? <laughs> I don't know. That's, I think it's the course of our conversation. 
That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think the Panthers have the advantage in terms of like overall mm-hmm. depth. But if you want to talk about a team that's quote unquote built for the playoffs or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's like that's the that's Tampa. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we saw in that first series. The reason I mentioned the monsters of mentality is like they they were down in that series and they picked themselves back up. They said, hey, we didn't show up for that game. We didn't show up for game one or game, I think it was game three was the other one that was kind of rough for them. Um, but we're going to get up and go again. We're going to get up and go again. And I think you saw like, I know as... Uh, I know you're not a big fan of momentum, but there was definitely some momentum shifts in that series. I think it just deflated the Brennan just deflated yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, literally popped a balloon. The, the, they should do the thing that Toronto almost did, right? Like there's all this big to do about how Tampa can't, won't lose back to back playoff games. Mm-hmm. Just win game one, right? Just win game. Don't just score game too one. early. Just, just, just win game one, right? And then, you know that like that whole possibility is still on the table. Where, like, if you win game one, you can alternate wins and losses from there. Mm. Though, I guess you run into the other thing of like Vasilevsky's unbeatable in an elimination games at some point. Yeah, but we, we, we're that doesn't matter. Whatever, who cares? We're going to ignore that part. Can I just shout out Colts hero Nick Paul? Uh, sure. Well, that was my shout out. Shout out to Colts hero Nick Paul. I think he had an excellent first round series. I mean, of all the people come up big for them in, in game seven, Nick I mean, Paul. If, yeah, they're going to want to go on a run. They're going to need Nick Paul. I mean... Again, Nick Paul is just too generic of a name. I can't get on board. Oh, it. I mean, it. Yeah, it absolutely is like, uh, game created, like not not player created, but system created, draft class name. He sounds like a Sidney Crosby pet rock. Yes, Mark Donk. Mark Donk, forever. Okay, so that's ten minutes. So I'll go first and I will go Florida and seven. You went first on purpose. So I have to change my answer. Um, Just tell me what you want. Just tell me what you believe. Florida in six. All right. So one more. Let's make this as painless as possible. Ugh. Carolina, New York, the Auntie Ranta, and Tony D'Angelo Revenge Series. So I I don't know how New York is still here. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand them. I I mean, I do understand them. I don't get that they're here. I don't like that they're still here. I mean, it's a pretty easy team to understand uh, from my point of view they survive on excellent shooting and good goaltending 
It's just like what we were talking about with they're the blues of the East. Like, how do they except the blues play some defense? How how did they go from like the Lundquist era where they never won one for Lundquist because they were never able to surround him with like a team, right? Right. How did they go from that to now the next great goalie, which they only had to wait like a year for anyway, where they have the same problem? I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they have a specific scout that uh, devoted to goaltending and he's just really good at his job and it's masking problems elsewhere in their recruitment strategy. But it's just, I don't know. They have two top two picks on this team. Like they, they got ran out of the building in pretty much every game against the Penguins, except they didn't because they had Igor Shesterkin. Well, that and the other team had the third string goalie in. The other team right. had a third string goalie and their superstar center out for two games. Yes. Like that's, that's how they did it, right? That's how, yeah. That's how you get through. And, and I guess now, like, you look at the Hurricanes. Are the Hurricanes also on their third string goalie? Uh, no, because I think they'll have. I think they'll have all their goalies back. Will they? Because Ranta played towards the end of that series. Okay. And I then, think Freddie Anderson would trust- be good to go. Mm-hmm. But here's here's the other thing is that in the regular season, the Carolina Hurricanes were a, a way better team at five on five than the Penguins were. So if you're getting run out of the building by the Penguins, I, what, what what's going to happen when you play Carolina? I can't wait to to look at natural stat trick. This is the nerdiest thing I'm going to say on a hockey podcast. Uh, I can't wait to look at natural stat trick and look at an expected goals 4% for any individual player that's like above 80%. Because that's what I feel like we're going to get to. I mean, maybe I'm just blowing things out of proportion. I don't know. But I'll I'll take back the way better um, thing. Carolina was the fourth best team by expected goals for. That's pretty good. Percentage. The Penguins were number six. It was not that big of a difference. Just, the Hurricanes' third line is Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, and Jesper Fast. What What are the Rangers going to do if they've already, like, is Mika Zibanejad just going to play uh, 52 minutes a night? Yeah, like, I don't know what Kevin Rooney is going to do against Carolina's third line. Right. <laughs> You've got, maybe... Lafreniere and Capocaco pan out at some point, but right now, if that's your third line, Lafreniere, Cheadle, and Capocaco, like, right, like you're throwing the kids up against is... Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, and Jesper Faust, right? right like, like, or I mean, even Max Domi and Kotkaniemi and Derek Stepan, like, that's a decent for, for a fourth line. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Max Stoney was the game seven hero. <laughs> so, naturally, right? Naturally, it's Max Stoney. Right. Like, I can't. This matchup for New York is, is awful. 
and I don't want to make it out to be that like New York is like, Oh, this horrible hockey team that doesn't like know how to do anything. Right. Right. They're not the coyotes. Like they're here for a reason. I just, I don't know, man. They They don't play defense. The Rangers are all stars to me and not a whole lot else. I mean, they, they're, it's an NA, it's a playoff team with Justin Braun. Which, you know, isn't nothing. I mean, a little bit of a knock on Justin Braun, but he's really just kind of like past his prime at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, he's, he's kind of just cooked. Well, yeah, he was. He was kind of cooked towards the end of his time in San Jose, and I can only imagine it's only gotten a little worse. But yeah, I mean, let's see if uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are, are any better than Pittsburgh at turning the expected goals into like actual goals. I don't know. Have it, you heard of Braden Schneider? Yeah, I have. No, oh, I haven't. Like that's the thing about he's listed here. That's the thing about New York is that like it's just full of young first round type guys because they've stockpiled picks and had a stupid amount of lottery luck, right? But well, they haven't as much lottery luck as they've had. They're still not the New Jersey Devils, so well, yes, our, our lottery kings. And, and, uh, and look at was, where they've got. Look at where that's gotten the Devils. I mean, that's. I mean. It's not necessarily that their first round picks have been, or their first overall picks have been bad. I just haven't built anything around them. Right. Sorry. Did you say we're out of time? No. No. I didn't say anything. Uh, but I was say the, the thing okay. about the Rangers, though, is that they're young, right? And you look at the Hurricanes, and you've got a, a blend of veterans yes. who have been there before. You got to do like Tuvo Teravainen who, you know, came from Chicago a long time ago, or what feels like a long time ago. He's He's been there and done that. You got Jordan Stahl, who's definitely been there and done that. And you've got a bunch Ian of really Cole. good players, and like Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Zvechnikov. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you yeah. want to talk about veterans. You got Tony D'Angelo and Brady Shea on the same team. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure... That's fun. And again, you're not going to have the benefit of facing a third string goalie. So. Yeah. But how know. much confidence do you really have in anti Um, More than Frederick I, Anderson, much more than I do in Louis Domingue and an injured Tristan Jari. That's fair. I, I, I believe the Rangers won that series against the Penguins by the slimmest of margins. I still yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. I still can't believe that the Penguins lost that series. So maybe I'm just bitter or something, but wild. Whack. Whack. Just, just, just to throw this out there, Sidney Crosby had an expected goals 4% against the Rangers in that series of 76%. Jake Gensel, 74%. Brian Rust, 74%. I don't know. It's not numbered, so I don't know exactly how many, but there's like, well, actually, I'll phrase it like this. There are three penguin skaters, not forwards, skaters with an expected goals percent below 50%. Three. Yeah. 
yeah i mean some of that is from like game one where they had like some crazy number but they were they were the better team in that series like and i i get it like sometimes the better team doesn't win the series but right yeah it was just like every that was such a like you look at all of these and, and you can see it in the game like the penguins are shelling them it just doesn't and it's matter. Just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, I would imagine that the Hurricanes... In every other be... scenario, it matters, but in this series, it didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine that the, that the Hurricanes are going to be just a little better at holding a lead than, than, uh, than Pittsburgh is. You see that there's already um, an article about... Uh, they used uh, the Penguins-Rangers series as... Um, a talking point for uh, the analytics don't have a way to measure heart. <sighs> sure. Yeah. I'm By sure. Way, I I'm sure Sidney Crosby, the dude that has won three Stanley cups and has done everything you can possibly do in this league. I am sure that him, Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin have zero heart, but the uh, New York Rangers right. have all of it. Right. Um, and if anybody, I know we're out of time because I heard the timer, but um, if anybody's interested in looking up the shooting heat maps for the Rangers, all I've got to say, point shots work. There's a big old bubble on the right point, which I can only assume is Adam Fox. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go... Carolina in five. I was going to go Canes in six because... I I honestly thought about picking a sweeper. I considered it briefly. I mean, I can see it, but I don't know, man. I just figure that the Rangers will continue to find a way to guide out wins that they shouldn't. <laughs> but whatever. How many uh, lacrosse goals do we see in this series? I don't think we saw anybody any in the last series, but I want to see somebody attempt one in the playoffs. I mean, the Rangers' defense is so non-existent. Like this is the perfect time to do it, right? Right. Well, plus, like the Canes are like the fun team, right? No, they're so... a bunch of jerks. Well, yes, they're a bunch of jerks, so they have fun. <laughs> <laughs> the gall. Only jerks can have fun. Nice guys don't get to have fun. But anyway, um, anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. Cool. So, uh, yeah, if you made it this far, um, thanks. Yay, um, we love you. I think this was a much better episode to sit through than our first round previous. Well, we had half of the series to go through. So, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at grid per 60 pod. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore nine zero four. And you can follow me on Twitter at B feral seven, two seven. Um, thank you all for listening and have a good one. Jake Ottinger for Con Smythe. <laughs>